time for Sports Buzz, WMUL's weekly sports talk show with a competitive twist. Four enter, but only one will leave as this week's champion of current sports topics. And now, here's this week's moderator. Welcome in to Sports Buzz. I am your host for this evening's edition of the show. I'm Christian Palmer here. We have a list of panel right in front of us. Excited to debate some sports. One of them is giving me an odd look between the glass at the moment, but we will let them introduce themselves, starting off with the man who's making his Sports Buzz debut this evening. Uh, it's Sean Kelly. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Justin Zimmer, glad to be here. Ben Cower. I need to win one of these. Maybe maybe it'll be tonight, but I'm here. I'm Alex Jackson, and I've returned after a humbling first defeat last week, but I'm not considering it a true loss because it was only a 30-minute episode. So we're back again, and we're, um, we're looking to get a little revenge tonight. We'll call this the revenge tour, so I'm trying to get another dub tonight. I like that. I like that. We, we might even just throw our first question to Alex and let, his, let him try to get his revenge early. NCAA basketball season just started. I want to know who is the team that is not being talked about enough. Let's hear from Alex. Well, I think it's pretty easy last night to write off Kentucky after a somewhat close defeat to Duke, but you look at what that Kentucky team was able to do. Coming off of a season in which they did not make the NCAA tournament, eliminated in the first round of the SEC tournament, they've got a lot of talent on that team. you got Davion Mintz. you got Oscar Shibway, the West Virginia transfer, who had 19 rebounds last night. I believe all 11 offensive rebounds. Absolutely terrific. Ty Ty Washington for Kentucky did not play particularly well last night. But if they can get more production from him, I think they could be a serious contender. Uh, Kellen Grady, the Davidson transfer as well, C.J. Frederick, the Iowa transfer. So there's a lot of talent on this team, and everybody's talking about Duke and this farewell tour for Coach K and getting his first dub last game in Madison Square Garden last night. But I would not write off the Kentucky Wildcats, and I think that they could very well make a Final Four run. All right, guess I'll go. Yeah, Um, anybody else, go right ahead. All right. Look, I think the team that we're not talking about are the – are the Baylor Bears? I, I looked at the AP poll at the beginning of the season. I mean, I mean now, I mean now, well, preseason poll. But I was like, oh, Baylor's not, Baylor's not number one. I thought that was a little interesting. I think, you know, I think they put up a good run. They were the only real team that cont- contested really against Gonzaga. And I was kind of like, and I looked at the beginning of the year. I'm like, well, Baylor's not one. I think Baylor's a very good team. You know, Scott Drew's done a phenomenal job with that program but yeah look I think Kentucky it's easy to write him off but Ty uh, Ty Ty Washington he's only a freshman last night was his first collegiate game but also you talk about it being Coach K's last game in the Garden unless they're in the East Regional that is his last game in the Garden because the East Regional this year is in New York City at the Garden but yeah I was surprised Baylor wasn't highly ranked I kind of sat there I thought oh you know the Baylor Bears they were the top two last year they had a very good run in the tournament you know, the Big 12 is a strong basketball conference. It's not like the conference Gonzaga's in where it's – Gonzaga, you can just write in Gonzaga as the number one seed now. It's just a weak conference, but they're number eight. But, yeah, I was surprised the Baylor Bears. I think they're not getting a lot of love. I mean, personally, I'm I'm looking farther into the tournament. And with the tournament, there's always – you know, you got you to look for the teams that 
can surprise you and make a surprising run, and one of them is St. Bonaventure. Now, before this year, they have not been ranked since 1971 at all. They have not been ranked at all since 1971, and they debuted at number 23 this year. Uh, I saw that 86% of their uh, returning of their team is returning this year, and they made they made a valiant effort against LSU last year in the tournament. Even though they lost, they made a good run at them, and with most of their players returning. They, they could make a surprising run in the tournament this year. You may not look at them a lot. They're in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Not a lot of people look at it, but they can make a surprising run this year. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good pick. They look good. Give, give me the, the, fighting il, the fighting Illini. Illini? Illini? Illini. Illini. I can't pronounce that word, but you know what? <laughs> I'm taking them. Because last season, it didn't end the way that they wanted to, where they were number one seed. They were knocked out fairly early. Disappointing end. For Illinois, but you know this year it really can only get better because they have a lot of the, re- the same cast returning this year. Uh, you know, obviously they have uh, Kofi Cockburn back. Cockburn, uh, Cockburn. I just man, I'm all over the place with name pronunciations tonight. But Kofi Cockburn, uh, you know, it was a candidate last year for National Player of the Year, mm-hmm. and I think he has the ability to do that again. Uh, Illinois was 11th in the preseason rankings, but I don't really see any hype around them, and they were number one seed last year, so uh, I, I think they should be being talked about a little more. Uh, I mean, it just depends if they don't slip up in the tournament again, but just heading into the regular season, uh, I think Illinois deserves a little more of a little more space on the airwaves. I'll just say that. I think, I think Illinois was a one seed, but barely. Because that, that Big Ten Championship game, it went to overtime, and honestly, they held on. So I thought, But Illinois won. Illinois won, but I'm just saying, barely, I think they were barely a one seed. Because I think if Ohio State won that game, but they would have been the one we wouldn't be talking. We wouldn't been talking about Illinois. We'd be talking about. But if Ohio State won, wouldn't they barely been a one seed? Ohio State ended up losing to Oral Roberts in the tournament. Look, I mean, here's the deal. What you have to understand is when you get to March, anything can happen. You look right. The script goes out the window. Ask 2018 yeah. Virginia how it felt to win the ACC championship when they lost to UMBC the next. I visited UMBC. They they they've been it's a Maryland school. They they they're still running that tour. Exactly. So it, it's all about you know finishing and and talking about the different prospects that that you're bringing in. But also the problem that Illinois is going to have is they have this thing. I believe it's the 15 year curse. They have a really really good basketball team every 15 years. I think it was I believe it was 2005 and then 2021. Um, they had a really That's good season. Years. Whatever. And now it's year 17. That was year 16, and they, what were they, number one seed in year 16? I don't know about that curse. Well, they lost to Loyola Chicago in the second round. So well, Loyola the, they, Chicago, they lost to an in-state I mean, rival that's well, not a rival. Loyola well, Chicago I mean, was the <laughs> Cinderella team last year, and they're always very good in the tournament as long as they have, was it Mother Jean? What's her name? Sister Jean. Sister Jean. Sister Jean. Uh, <laughs> as long as she's present. At any basketball game, I mean, they're gonna have, a, they're gonna make the elite eight at least every single year because they're, you know, she's there. I mean, uh, even in their but wheeling, a, again, the like... the question is, is who's not being talked about enough at the beginning of the season? I mean, even in their own conference in Illinois, there's still, you know, you still have Michigan, you still have Ohio State, you, have, you still have Purdue as very good competition. Yeah, but Maryland. that's that's, that's also what. A good team this year. I mean, that's what they're makes right. it they're more right. all the more baffling. That they're not being mentioned more because they took down a very talented. I mean, Michigan last year, uh, they beat Ohio State. I mean, again, Maryland. I mean, I, I like Illinois needs to be talked about a little bit more because a lot of a lot, again a lot of the same cast returning, uh, not a lot of changes there, and they were the top 
of their division last year. So give me Illinois. We'll stay in NCAA basketball for the next question here. I want to hear from each of you a way-too-early prediction for this year's Final Four. We'll start things off with Justin Zimmer. All righty. Well, I'm going to start off with uh, Baylor. I think Baylor's going to have a good year. I think you you look you you look at the Big Ten. You know, I think Michigan. I think Jawan Howard's done a phenomenal job in that program. I think every year. I think last year they got their their run got cut too short. I think they're going to get back to it. Texas. They got Chris Beard. I think he's a phenomenal head coach. He's, he did a marvelous job with that Texas Tech program. Now he's got the bigger spotlight. I think the expectations are high. I think he's going to live up to it. And the fourth team. You know what? I'm a Duke fan. I think Coach K and the boy they're gonna they're gonna ride for Coach K one more time. Give me the give me the Duke Blue Devils. All right, give me uh so we're we're talking about a team last year that was the sniff away from being the first undefeated national champion Allegedly. since Indiana. And they uh were not. They were defeated by Baylor in the national championship. We'll talk about Gonzaga. Oh, Drew Timmy on. coming back. Oh, come on. Give it are you kidding me? It's Gonzaga. Look at the nucleus that returns. Wait, wait, wait. Now, granted, they lose Jalen Suggs, but they point. add this new terrific seven-foot star who's five-star recruit. Everybody's talking about him, one of the top players in the country. And they also have Drew Timmy returning. Mark Few is one of the most winning college basketball coaches that there is. You want to talk? You, the reason why he's the most, one of the most winning basketball coaches is this. Their conference is horrendous. I mean, Did they make the national championship last year? competition in the West Coast Conference. Right. St. Mary's, they're like the perennial second-place team to Gonzaga every we, single year. Here's what happens. The they played BYU. BYU was a tournament team last year. But also, who did they beat to get to the championship last year? You know who didn't make the championship? And you're talking about them. Oh, Illinois. They lost to Loyola Chicago. You want to talk about getting it done in the tournament? Gonzaga. Elite Gonzaga eight, eight. Elite eight. It's a disaster. has not gotten it done in the tournament. They Compared to who? I mean, uh, uh, Elite Eight in 2019, uh, championship appearance in 20 last year's tournament, national championship appearance in the 2017-18 uh, season, I believe, or 2016-17 season. So what do you mean not getting it done? For a team that's in the like past a, 10 years that's had a regular season record of 339-52, and 52, you would think that they would have more titles to their name than just, well, zero, their, or title appearances than just the one all the more two. reason why they'll get two it title appearances they were against unc in 2016-17 and then the championship game this year but that's you know how many teams win the national championship in college basketball one one how many titles does duke have in this 10-year period they have one 2015 okay first off we, they kentucky got, they has one north carolina has one so you're lucky to get one national championship they have multiple championship appearances and they, well, how many does Villanova got? Villanova's got a couple. I mean, you can only be a bridesmaid so many times. In, in my well, there's a lot of teams that are bridesmaids. You're hyping up Illinois. They've made it, they've been lucky to make it out of the second round the last, what, 15 years? And you're ben, talking you're about talking them about, being some big, bad superhero team. Then why team. didn't you choose Gonzaga as the team to... Because I think Kentucky, because like people, because Gonzaga is a they're a, what preseason number one. Like they're not people are not talking about them. Don't as worry, like, they're gonna lose this weekend. We all know they're gonna lose this weekend. To who? Texas. Texas, yeah. So you only got one. Well, well, let's talk about underachieving in the win? tournament. Let's bring up Texas. How about losing to Abilene Christian last year in the tournament? You, Shaka Smart gets run out of town, goes to Marquette. They bring in Chris Beard from Texas Tech. That what they do lose it to Arkansas in the second round last year. Beard's he, a good head coach, though. He is a good head coach, but again. Gonzaga has success in the regular season, and they usually generally play. Not, I'm not talking about conference, but they generally play a pretty tough out of conference schedule against top All right, teams. I'll, I'm looking up their non-conference schedule now. Let, let, let's see how tough this is. Okay, you got Texas on Saturday. Okay, that's tough. 
Alcorn State, easy. Bellarmine, easy. Central Michigan, easy. Okay, then you got another tough game against UCLA. UCLA is a top two team. Yeah, then you get Duke. Then you get Tarleton State, Alabama. So that sounds pretty tough to me. That's like four Merrimack, top top twenty teams. Washington, Alabama was Texas very Tech, good last year. Northern for like Arizona. A long period. If you go and look at every top team in the country's schedule, if you look at Michigan's schedule, look at Kentucky. They don't play another halfway decent team until Notre Dame in December. Most teams don't schedule tough out of conference. Gonzaga, you just listed Duke, UCLA, Texas, Alabama. These are all tournament teams that they scheduled. So you well, Duke wasn't in the tournament a year ago. Well, but you just. I mean, do you think they're going to make the Final Four this year? I so. think. I think. You think look, they're going think all they're the way for Coach K? I I don't know if they're going to go all the way. I think they're going to. I think they're at least going to make it to New Orleans. Fair point. I, I think Baylor is a very good team. I think Scott. I think Scott Drew's going to get his. I think they're going to go back to back because I think they're under. I think they're being disrespected in the first poll. Well, I I don't think Duke is going to make the Final Four. Okay. My way too early predictions. Of course, I got I got the Zags in there. I mean. Why? I didn't you, even get you to finish. I just got. I said Gonzaga, and I got cut off. Yeah, you do. I only got okay. one. I'll let. Yeah, you get your other three. I was gonna say Gonzaga. I'll take Kentucky. Give me Duke, and mm, let's see. Let's throw. Let me think of somebody. I mean, give me Michigan. Why don't you throw Michigan in there? How about Jawan Howard? Michigan's a fun team, but they're not in my Final Four. I got. I got the Zags. Uh, I got Kansas because Kansas is looking like a strong team again. Uh, I got Villanova. I like Villanova this year. Uh, Villanova seems like a very strong team, and my fun pick is Purdue. I like Purdue. I like the Boilermakers. I, you listen, I you know some upsets in football, but they have one of the most experienced casts in all of college basketball coming into this season, and you know last season fairly well. And listen, I think they're going to make a run this year. I think they make it to the Final Four. I like Purdue. Well, I've chosen uh, to start off Kansas. They have four four of their starters back, four of their core. They brought in a transfer in Arizona State's Remy Martin, 19.1 points per game. I mean, they're always in contention for good reason. UCLA, they made they made a great run at it last year. They've added Miles Johnson from Rutgers, five-star recruit in Peyton Watson. Michigan, again, very good team. And for my fun pick, I picked Arkansas. They made a deep run to the Elite Eight last year. They barely – well, they made a good run at Baylor, at least. They, again, a good amount of their returning talent back, like Devontae David – they put up good numbers. I, I can s- Arkansas. UCLA is not good. UCLA. I don't know why they're number two. Well, it's because they had that run last year. Yeah, Johnny Juzang yeah. returned one of the top players of college basketball. They made a Final Four run last year. Mick Cronin getting things going in UCLA. Let's talk about. It. I mean, they're they, they they should deserve to be number two. Why yeah. not? It's preseason polls. It's a it it's a guessing game. No, it is. It's always a guess because you well, think okay, Kentucky and Duke had horrible seasons. Now, granted, they brought a lot of new talent in, but they're like. We guess they're probably going to be top ten, so we throw them in there, and then you, then it's okay. Who do you bring back? Who do you think is is going to be good on the team? You know, really, it's about who's your coach. Like, oh, okay, Chris Beard's a good coach at Texas. They lost in the first round last year, but we'll throw them in the top five because why not? It's a, it's this is how it is every year. All righty, guys, love the debate. It's starting to get a little heated out there. I like that. Everybody was a little too polite, polite the first question. So let's let's see some blood out there. That's what. But okay. Moving on, we will talk a little bit, still in college sports, move into NCAA football. I want to hear your thoughts on the new college football playoff rankings, and this is going to be a two-part question. After you give me your opinions on the updated rankings, I want to hear some more predictions out of you. Who is going to be in the final rankings? We will start this one with Ben. Oh, it's dumb. 
They're dumb. They're dumb because Cincinnati should be in the top four. Oregon should not be in the top four. It's dumb. Why is Oregon in the top four? I get, like, they have a bunch, but they lost this. They Stanford. beat Ohio State. That's how. I get they beat Ohio State, but that's such a... Mm, they should not be in the top four with that loss to Stanford. They shouldn't. Cincinnati should be in the top four. I, I just, you know... Oh, come on. Georgia makes sense. Alabama, I mean, they lost to A&M, uh, and then... But the most egregious loss of anybody in the top four is Oregon to Stanford. And Stanford is not good this year. They're they're very wishy washy. They're they're that is a bad loss for Oregon. And they shouldn't be in the top four over Cincinnati. It's just the it's the council being biased against you know they're being biased for power teams. But. That's that's why I'm not surprised with this top four, for the most part at least. I mean Georgia's shown that they're the best team in football right now. Alabama and Ohio State, I mean it was only a matter of time. Even though they've lost to Texas A&M and Oregon, I mean, it was only a matter of time before they got back into the top four. Oregon, I am a bit surprised about, although they did beat Ohio State. But I mean, other than that, I mean, they don't really have that many surprise, that many really quality wins. I mean, uh, but with that, who else are they going to put in? I mean, Cincinnati, but like Cincinnati for the most part doesn't have that great of a schedule, and historically, the NCAA doesn't put in uh, teams from smaller. I mean, Albeit smaller conferences compared to the uh, the Power Five conferences, but I mean, like the American Conference. I mean, Michigan State they lost they got their doors blown off by Purdue last week. Michigan they lost their only ranked game so far to Michigan State. Oklahoma they've struggled against Kansas through like three quarters. Who else are they going to put in? But yeah, that's not why they're that's why they're not in the top four. And you you mentioned that I mean Cincinnati doesn't have very strong competition you look at oregon's competition outside of ohio state i mean what fresno state unranked now stony brook uh, arizona then the loss to stanford again unranked calif they lost to cal who's been bad or no it's my bad they beat cal who's been bad but cal almost beat them 17 to 24 close game you want to talk about close games how about cincinnati UCLA against tulsa unranked UCLA Three and six Tulsa, twenty-eight to twenty. Oregon barely. Hold on, Oregon barely beat an unranked UCLA team, thirty-four to thirty-one. UCLA was ranked at the time. Okay, but now they're not. And then Colorado unranked, uh, and then Washington unranked, and those are the eight wins for the for the Bears. And okay. their one loss is against Stanford. Tell me, are those teams better than? Is that amalgamation? Are they better than Miami of Ohio, Murray State? Uh, Temple, UCF, maybe Tulane, Tulsa. I don't know. I mean, look at the schedule. Like, listen, they're all unranked. Here, here's what, but they're power teams, though. They're power five. Yeah, they're teams. power teams. I mean, they're they're we're talking works. about Navy. Wait. Marshall beat Navy forty-nine to seven, and Cincinnati beat Navy twenty-seven to twenty. Well, well, yeah, but well, the difference well, is that Cincinnati is. Let's go back into our time machines. Cincinnati's though. unbeaten. You're undefeated. My bad. Okay, listen. No, here, now I'm going to make a point. Here's, okay, here's my point. I'm not offended by where Cincinnati is. If they go undefeated and things fall above them the way, I'm not against them being in the playoff. Let's be honest. They have the best win out of a lot of teams. Notre Dame on the road. We talked about this a few weeks ago on the program. First team to beat Notre week. Dame uh, in South Bend since 2017 when Georgia did it. Outside of that, they've, they've struggled. I mean, they struggled against Navy. They struggled against a Tulsa team. That was college game day, and they nearly got beat by Tulsa. It came down to a goal line stand for them. So they've had some inconsistent moments in this schedule. It's not like they've just been completely dominant. They do have a good win. Indiana really tested them. But what I want to talk about is the inconsistencies with the committee. Because you want to talk Thank about... Thank you. You want to talk about valuing head-to-head. Okay. 
So you have Oregon. The only reason that Oregon is above Ohio State is because of their head-to-head. Well, as of right now. I, but you can't rank Ohio State over them in the end, right? If both teams went out. Well, we had this conversation last well, week. Well, we did, but... What? what I'm saying is, you have a head-to-head game. Why is Michigan ranked above Michigan State? And you want to say to me, well, Michigan State lost to Purdue. Purdue's bad. You know who Michigan lost to? Michigan State. Games have to matter. If both of these teams, let's say they both finish 11-1, and one, only one of them go to the Big Ten Championship, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's, well, they're in the same it, it'll, it'll end up working out, but... What is the point of ranking Michigan above Michigan State? We think they're better. Okay, were they better, you know, 12 days ago when they played? They lost? Like, the committee gets this idea of a quality loss in their head. Alabama with a quality loss on the road to Alabama, or to, excuse me, to Texas A&M. Quality losses don't exist. That's not a thing. If you lose, you lose. And ultimately, when you're talking about two, let's just say, okay, you have Team A over here, Team B over here. We think Team A is better right but team b wins so we're gonna put team a over it doesn't make any sense if two ufc fighters fight let's say you have one who's favored to win and he loses well we still think he's better but he lost it doesn't matter you still give the championship belt to the guy that won you may think that the other team's better but the results on the field have to matter and the committee has shown that that is not the case they they did it with oregon over ohio state but michigan over yeah, michigan but, state all right uh, uh, Okay, so I'll get on this. In, in my opinion, if you're the college football playoff committee, you have when I sat and I sat down, I ranked the top twenty-five each week, and the committee has a set of rules. When I sit through my rankings, I follow the exact rules that they're following. Now, my issue is with Mr. Gary Barda, the commi- committee chairman. He goes on ESPN last night. He's like, "Oh, we debated this for thirty minutes. Blah blah blah. Give us a reason why. Give us a valid reason why. Don't just sit here and tell me." Oh, well, this is what we thought, but it's not really adequate because, you know, this is just what we thought to do. Michigan State beat Michigan. They should be ahead of them. Now, my this is the second rankings I'm not as concerned. But if this can if we get to new if we get to the final rankings and a New Year's Six Bowl is on the line, then I think we got a problem. Then we actually have to go I think we have to reevaluate the system then. Yeah, to me, I, I think that they should reevaluate the system. I have an idea for a new system. Uh, I think they should draw straws, and whoever gets <laughs> the shortest straw doesn't get to be in the college football playoffs. But, but, but also, here, here's my thing with Cincinnati. We all knew this song and dance was coming. We all knew it was coming. The committee, the, there's something in the Supreme Court called precedent. When the Supreme Court says, this is a decision, every court case follows it. Go back to the seven years of the college football playoff that we've had this system. Has a group of five team ever been in the playoff? Answer is simple. No. That's the president. Sorry, Bearcats fans. It's never going to happen because the committee is going to follow what their precedent is. The pre- exactly. That's the same thing with me. I, I mean, historically, like you said, they, they, don't, they don't put in group of five teams, and the only way that's going to happen is if they expand the playoffs, which has been asked to do. That's not going to happen. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. People have been asking for it for years, but the NCAA is never going to do it. I mean, but going back to the rankings thing, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's all about who else are you going to replace with teams like Oregon. Cincinnati, they're not going to do that. M- and Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma, no, though, Notre ha- Dame. Oklahoma, though, has a case. Oklahoma does have a case, but even then, they've, it's, str- it's they've struggled strong. against— It's not strong, though. It's not but... strong. They've struggled against West Virginia. They've struggled against Kansas for three quarters. Even though they've won, these, these aren't, like, great teams that they're struggling against, even though they're winning. 
I, I don't think they have what it takes, personally. I mean, just to answer the second part of Palmer's question earlier to make a prediction, I think three out of the four teams that are currently ranked in the top four stay there, and the one that drops is Ohio State. Look at look at their end of the season schedule. They got to play now ranked Purdue, who's coming off a major upset. That and, was and it's it, under the ranked. it's under the same exact circumstances that Purdue won last week versus uh, yep. Michigan State that now Ohio State is playing, uh, and then. But then they have to play Michigan State, who's angry, and then they have to play Michigan. I mean, they're playing uh, – I mean, Purdue is ranked, but then they're playing, as of right now, two top seven teams in the last two games That's of the season. That's how they get in. And, out, and outside, of, outside of Alabama uh, playing in the Iron Bowl in the last game is, you know, the Auburn is currently pretty hot right now as Bo Nix is probably playing the best football of his career. They lost last week, though. I mean, they, oh, fair point. They did lose last week. But, I mean, they're still – don't get me wrong; they're still having a pretty good season, uh, and they could sneak up on Alabama and potentially win that game over Alabama. That's another discussion to be had. But uh, I guess I, I say that Ohio State is the one that drops out of the rankings. All right, guys, we're getting close to a break. Ben started mentioning his predictions there. I want to hear from everybody else real quick. Don't have too much time before break to expand as much, but want to make sure I, I heard everybody's answer on this. So go ahead. Personally, I wouldn't be surprised if all four of these teams stay in the top four. I mean, you know, Oregon, it's it's a bit iffy, you know, with the loss of Stanford. But, I mean, even then, they've, they've beaten Ohio State. Ohio State, it'll really depend on what they do in these last three games. But I'm more confident in Ohio State making the playoffs than I am someone like Michigan State or Michigan. And if you want to play the ratings game, they, the NCAA gets ratings from the West Coast and the Pac-12 with Oregon. They get the SEC money in Alabama and Georgia, and they get the Big Ten money in Ohio State. So if you want to play that game, that that might play a factor in, into it too. Okay, so I feel like the, the general thing is here, the committee, this is exactly the reaction they want because it's like, what, three or four weeks until these actually matter? So it's yep. the, right now it's the old man yelling at the cloud because the, the deal is Michigan still has to play Ohio State. Michigan State's going to play Ohio State. So there's going to be a lot of this is going to work. A lot of this is going to work itself out. I'll go Georgia. I'll go Alabama. Give me Ohio State and Oklahoma. I I believe if, I believe Alabama, Georgia, and uh, stay as of now. I I believe Alabama is going to go out. I believe they're going to bring the winner of the Big Twelve in. But if Notre Dame wins out, I, you could see you might see two Big Twelve teams in there. If Oklahoma State and Oklahoma are going to have to play each other. All righty, well. There you have it. We're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick break now. When we return, someone will be eliminated. You're listening to Sports Buzz. for award-winning coverage of Marshall Athletics is right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHM-LP, Ravenswood, West Virginia. Oh, Daddy, 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 can I really choose any doggy that I want? You sure can, Peanut. Oh, look at that one, Daddy. He's cool. You're darn right, little girl. I'm the essence of cool. I enjoy long walks in the rain and the occasional bath. Plus, I love to be rubbed behind my ear. Wolf, baby, wolf. He's a little too big for our house, sweetheart. Let's see what else they have. How about him? He's really happy. Oh, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Please, 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 please pick me. I'm very cute. Cute, cute, cute little doggy. I can do lots of tricks. Watch this. It's a flip. He's 
really yiffy, Daddy. I don't know if I want him. That's fine, kiddo. How about her? Oh, darling, you are so terribly adorable. We would have such an amazing time doing each other's nails. Oh, Daddy, she's beautiful. I want to take her home with me right now. Dogs and cats with a variety of personalities are available for adoption at the Cabell Wayne Animal Shelter. That's why I've got my little buddy here. That's right, that's right. You can help some of my furry friends by listening to this message of hope from WMUL. Here at the Institute for Better Radio, we're always looking for ways to improve your listening experience on 88.1 WMUL. By using trained monkeys, we try out new innovations here before bringing them to you, our listener. For instance, how does no commercial sound? Smashing! How about a wide music variety? Outstanding! Because we're not money-driven, we can bring you better radio here on 88.1 WMUL. Now, back to the lab. Alrighty, welcome back into Sports Buzz. I am your host for this evening's edition of the program. It is time to make a cut. I always hate this spot in the show. Hate pulling the microphone away from somebody, but I'm gonna have to cut Ben Cower tonight. Everybody's been doing a great job, Ben. So don't feel bad. But let's, if you have any parting words, go ahead and give them for the listeners. Well, I'd be lying if I wasn't disappointed, but. Alas, uh, my three contenders tonight are have done a great job, and uh, the discussion is only going to get better from this point. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear what they have to argue about the rest of the show. Stay tuned because it's going to be it's going to be a good fight to the end. Thank you for promoting us, Ben. Thank you. All righty, thank you, Ben. Doing a great job as always, guys. Staying in football for the next question, but moving over to the NFL, a question. Really, that's just been rattling around in my head ever since really this past Sunday. Are the Cincinnati Bengals contenders or pretenders? They had a great start to the season just two weeks ago. Number one team in their division. I believe they were the number one team in the entire AFC. Then a loss to the Jets and a big loss to division rival Browns. Is this team for real or, or not? We'll start with Alex. All right, just as the Foo Fighters talk about the pretender, they are the pretender here because look you talk about we talked in the break a little bit lost to the bears in week two they beat a steelers team in week three who i mean palmer we can kind of acknowledge that a Steelers slander is not going to get you in. and they beat the jaguars by three on i believe that was a thursday night football game and they it missed was. a billion field goals against that the was packers that went to the club um, so really, if you're defining their season on one win, it's against the Ravens, which uh, appears at this point to have been an outlier because they lost to the Jets, and then they were blown out by the Browns. So really just not not a lot of consistency out of this team, and it's really starting to go downhill. And you look at the rest of their schedule. I mean, on the road against the Raiders, you never know what might happen on a little Sunday afternoon football uh, coming off a bye. And then the Steelers, and then you, you have your divisional games playing against the Browns on the road at the end of the year, the Ravens, the Steelers. They have to still play the Chargers. they got to go uh, to Mile High Stadium, always a tough place to play. So you never know. I, I think they're, they appear to be a pretender. I, I, I thought kind of a similar thing. I mean, it's a very weird situation with the Bengals. They start out through four weeks, three and one. They they beat a Vikings team that is that started out, you know, not – not terrible. People didn't think they would they would be uh, as, as mediocre as they are now, but they lose to the Bears in a close game. That's not a great loss. They they lose to the Jets, and it, just five and four to losing two of their last games. 
I, I, I don't see how this Bengals team can continue as a contender. I mean, they, they still have to play the Steelers. They still have to play the Chargers. They still have to play the Ravens again. The, the Browns again, who are middling this year so far. But, I mean, they've, they've shown that they can be good at times. But I, I just don't see how the Bengals can be a real contender so far, especially with how the, the, the division is going so far. All right, Chris, I'm going to practice my spelling skills here. P-R-E-T-E-N-D-E-R-S. Pretenders. That's what they are. Okay? They, 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 Did they, you really uh, need to spell it, Zimmer? Yeah, thank you. I spelled it right. It's very, <laughs> it's very good for me. But let me... Let me <laughs> Golf thank clap. You. Thank you. But let me tell you one thing about the Bengals. Look, they're, they're inconsistent. they still got a young team. Here's the only benefit so far this season. Zach Taylor saved his job. That, that's, that's the only benefit so far. Otherwise, that it's been it's been another year in Cincinnati. A dumpster fire. Okay, they've had a couple good games. They've had a couple good memories. Other than that, it's been crap. So, if you really think the Bengals are going to win the AFC North, you, you really got to reevaluate the situation. But, look, again, you look at the schedule. They're playing a lot of good quality football teams in the last month of the season. Well, now, now last month plus because considering the new, the new week seventeen, but that's beside the point. They still got to play the meat of their division. They have a very good Los Angeles team coming into their stadium, so it's not like an easy coast ride to the end of the year. It's not like you know the NFC East where right now Dallas is good, everybody else, everybody else is crap. You talk about Vegas and Pit. You talk about Vegas. They're potentially a playoff team. Pittsburgh, you know, I think Pittsburgh can go in and take a steal. Chargers, okay, that's a tough win. Denver's a tough game. Baltimore's a tough game. Kansas City, Cleveland's a tough game. There's no easy games on their schedule. They might have the potential at least to at least win one. They have one winnable game, one easy winnable game. That's against the 49ers. And the important everything else is tough. And like, the important thing to th- like you said, the important the important thing to think about here is the division. Th- this is a tough division that they're playing, and the Steelers are a team where the, the, the Steelers are never going to tank. The, the Steelers always have. Somehow, the, the the talent to stay at least somewhat competitive. The Ravens, they have Lamar Jackson. They're they're a solid team. The Browns are no longer the dumpster fire that they were a, a couple of years ago. They're still at least somewhat competitive. I mean, maybe in the future this Bengals team can be competitive, but as it's looking right now, they're they're just only slightly better than what they were the previous couple of years. So yeah, I mean, and the bad thing is like they had the great start to the season. You just look at the end of the season; it's just. It's like not easy. Like there's not really a winnable game. So you could. And I really and I hate to say this, but I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be the tail bottom of the division by year's end. I wouldn't be surprised. Alrighty, guys, great debate there. We're gonna switch gears a little bit here. Talk about my favorite sport, Major League Baseball. There's always got to be an MLB question in there when I'm hosting. All right. Free agency about to start here soon. It is a star-studded list of free agents just up and down. A ton of great position players. You could add an ace to your staff. So many good players available. I want to know from you guys, who is the free agent who is the most valuable? And give me a prediction what team they sign with. It doesn't have to be that they go to a new team. It could be going back home. We'll start this one off with Justin Zimmer. 
Well, I think it's very difficult because you talk about how many good players are on the market. You talk about you have, you have a player like Correa. You know, you have, you've got tremendous pitchers. You got a Scherzer, a Kershaw on the market all up at the same time. So, a lot of teams can really make their destiny move. So, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the guy who think who's nominated for a Cy Young right now, and he's a free agent, Scherzer. I think you you know the only issue with Scherzer is that, like if you're looking for a short term investment to win now, Scherzer's the guy to go with because he you know. You know, he, he was with the Dodgers. He was with the Nationals. He, he was pheno- he's a phenomenal pitcher. Only concern you got is his back problem. You know, he, he's been injured. He's been banged up many years. But you're looking for a team that wants to win now. How about the San Diego Padres? They bring in Bob Melvin, who's the manager. He did a phenomenal job in Oakland. He comes over now. He goes down. He goes down the coastline to San Diego. The Padres already have a phenomenal pitching staff. You add Max Scherzer into that fold. You know the, the Padres were World Series contenders. World Series contenders last year. You had Scherzer. I think they become a favorite. I got to go with Carlos Correa. I mean, come on. You're talking about a two-time All-Star, World Series champion in 2017, AL Rookie of the Year, well, Golden Glove Award winner for 2021. Well, 2017 World Series. We have a little. We could put a little asterisk. Okay, there. sure. But okay. But how about the Golden Glove Award in 2021? That was phenomenal. He was, he was great. Shortstop. So was I think great. I think that you know it's. Probably the easy pick, but I think it, it does make the most sense given the, the current market here. I mean, I also got to mention Corey Seager. Since 2020, only Fernando Tatis Jr. has outhit him. He's co- posted a career-best walk rate this year. He's third among shortstops. I, 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 he is a very interesting uh, free agent this year. He's, he can go anywhere. All righty, guys. Good debate there. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here before we get to a commercial, just a few minutes here. So we'll go with a short question you can get your take in on. I want to know who is the, excuse me, what is the best landing spot for Odell Beckham Jr.? Finally, a free man cleared waivers. Where should Odell Beckham go? What is the best situation for him? We'll start with Sean. I mean, I feel like the easiest option here is the New Orleans Saints. Michael Thomas out for the rest of the year with an ankle injury. They need someone to step up. And if Odo Beckham Jr. wants a place where he can thrive and be the center of attention in the offense, that's the best place. I mean, you look at the Saints, they have Tyreek Hill. Uh, Green, Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah. Or, or Chiefs, Chiefs sorry. Yeah, my, my mistake. Chiefs, that's what I meant. Uh, Green Bay, same, same deal. I mean, if he wants to ring chase, Chiefs or Green Bay, maybe. And that's who he's looking for as well. But, I mean, with the Saints, Michael Thomas, he's out. That's the best option if he wants to thrive in the offense. Only issue I have with the Saints is this. You talk about OBJ. He's had a, he's had a couple injuries this year. I don't think the Saints are going to be willing to invest in a player who has been injury-prone so far this season. And they have quarterback problems. Right. Like, they already have too many problems. I don't think adding a star-wide receiver like OBJ is going to fix anything. I'm going to go with the team that he's reportedly interested in. That's the Green Bay Packers. You talk about that job right now. He's, you know, he, He'll be second fiddle, but he was kind of second fiddle in Cleveland anyway, so he's going to be used to that. But here's the issue. You already have Aaron Rodgers. All right, Aaron Rodgers has not had a good week. But you still got to appease Aaron Rodgers after the whole offseason saga. So I think you add OBJ. OBJ apparently wants to go there. Bring him to, bring him to Green Bay. If Rodgers is happy, Aaron, because at this point you, Green Bay is a different situation. You have to appease the quarterback. So you bring if Odell wants to come and if Aaron approves, go to Green Bay. Why not? It, the it's, whole, it's the whole thing is with Green Bay though. 
OBJ wants a place where he can thrive on the offense and be the center of attention, but Green Bay already has, you know, Devontae Adams. So, I mean... Well, but the thing is, Odell said he wanted to go to Green Bay. So if, o- if Odell saying, oh, looking- I, I want to go to Green Bay... He said he wants to go to a contender. He didn't say he needed to be the center of attention. Right. He said he wanted to go that, play that, on a contender. That's what I saw. So, yeah. talk about the Chiefs. I mean, they're a team that have struggled, have inconsistencies throughout this year, but he would not be the primary focus of defenses because you're talking about they got Tyreek Hill. They've got Travis Kelsey. They have other really good receiving options. Patrick Mahomes, we expect, would improve throughout the season, probably a better throwing option than Baker Mayfield, you would it would appear uh, he, OBJ was barely targeted when he was in Cleveland. I think if it's talking about going to a contender, he understands that he's coming off an injury. He understands that he needs a quarterback who can get him the football. He understands he's not going to probably be a wide receiver one on a contending team. Uh, you'd mentioned Devontae Adams. You talk about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on, on Kansas City. This could be an explosive offense. He could just add to what is already a loaded uh, receiving room. And I think that, honestly, that would probably be the smartest move for him uh, for a career because if somehow Kansas City turns around, they get to a Super Bowl, and you know people are going to start looking at OBJ and being like, wow, that's really a weapon that, that helps them take it to the next level. But, I mean, you bring it, you talk about the Saints, too. They're, they're a contender as well. Wins against are they? The, yeah, but they got their quarterback, quarterback five, five, True, but five. But who's five. the starting quarterback right now? Trevor Simeon, that's not really a, that's not going to solve the yeah, problem. Yeah, Jameis Winston True. is out for the year, I believe, correct? Yeah, he's out. So, right. I mean, you're not getting anywhere with Trevor Simeon. You might get to um, the sixth pick in the draft. I mean, come on. I mean, right. for yeah, real. Yeah, going Th- This season, they're 5-3 and three at this point. And, I mean, look, and they play the Titans this week. And then they go, I mean, with with quarterback problems, you see what can happen. Right. It's gonna I mean, be the, they, they lost to the Falcons this past week. I don't know how much of OBJ going into that room. I, I don't think that it, it makes much sense. They need a quarterback more than a what OBJ right now. All righty, guys. Great debate once again. We'll go ahead and step aside for another quick break. When we return, another person will be eliminated, and then the final two will battle for the winner of tonight's edition of Sports Buzz. I use my landfill powers to keep the people of Huntington satisfied with their consuming lifestyles. People enjoy the easy life, and what a success it's been. I have this region ranked in the top 25 nationally for air pollution. Is that a blue sky off in the distance? By using the citizens of Huntington to recycle their aluminium cans, plastics, paper, grocery bags, and glass, I will drain you of your landfill powers. That's only the beginning. Soon they'll be reusing or donating items, even composting. My influence over this valley comes through the people themselves. Their attitude of use and discard will always keep them under my power. This valley will never witness your fantasy of clean, Mr. Green. This consuming lifestyle is a facade, keeping dirty reality hidden. Stop listening to Captain Pollution's garbage. End the trash talk. This message brought to you by the eco-friendly WMUL. Hello? 
and welcome to the Music Request Hotline. Please state the name of the genre you'd like to hear. Alternative? You said hip-hop. If that's correct, please say yes. No. You have confirmed hip-hop. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I said alternative. Country you want to hear? No, no, no. Country it is. No, I said, said alternative. Sports. Alternative rock. Music. No, no, okay, no, no. Tired of ignored requests? Call 696-6651 and get what you asked for on WMUL FM. No, I want to hear jazz. I'm playing the jazz. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the WMUL request line singers. Well, I try so hard just to let you know that there's nothing I won't do. Every time you play my song, I just want to sing along. Every time you play my favorite tune. Call 696-6651 now. DJs are standing by. Welcome back into Sports Buzz. It is time to make the final cut of the evening. I've been debating it all break long. I'm going to have to cut Sean. Sean, you did a tremendous job on your Sports Buzz debut. Do you have any parting words for the listeners? Well, it's been a good run. Good run. Uh, Thanks for having me on. And got to say something that uh, Brett wanted me to say. Nicole Jokic is a baby. All righty, so some dramatic parting words from Ben. Maybe, maybe it was the right decision to vote him off just to make sure that that got on the show. So, all righty. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Ben. Ben's sitting here behind me, but that was Sean. Good thing Ben corrected me. All righty. Down to the final two. Justin Zimmer versus Alex Jackson. Got those two names right. So our first question for you two guys. This was a very passionate topic earlier talking about Gonzaga I want to know can Gonzaga get over the hump this year and win it all no I guess we'll just start with Zimmer go ahead they're not getting over the hump let's let's just start off with this I think this theory is I have a theory on the selection committee he's on three he's on three version okay okay here here's my theory with the selection committee at Gonzaga Every year, it's like Meryl Streep and the Oscars. They just write them in. All right, we're going to put Gonzaga. Oh, we got a one seed. Oh, who are we going to put it? Okay, Gonzaga. In you go. Have fun. Go go, go, go play until you lose in the topic team. What makes 2021-2022 the magical year that Gonzaga is finally going to get over the magical hump and win the NCAA tournament? Like, what makes this year special? I don't see anything special. I really don't. So it's gonna be another. It's gonna be another year in Gonzaga. They're gonna lose in the tournament. I mean, their head coach already has problems. All right, he, he's got. A, he already has a DUI. I mean, blow, blow, man. Come on. Wait, let me finish. How can you lead college kids and you talk about responsibilities and all that when off the court you're not really you're not really setting a good example. I, I don't even know what to say to that. That might be one of the most disgusting things that has ever been said in the history of sports buzz. I genuinely don't know what to say to that. It's, it's, it's the truth, though. Every college coach talks about responsibility and goals. If the head coach can't really conduct it, like, look, I get it. He made a mistake. I get that. But when you're talking about, oh, we have to suspend our head coach, that causes distractions to what the What does program. that have to do with them winning games? It's a distraction. 
Look at the, like they're one of the most winningest teams in basketball a, in the last ten years. I get that, but it's a distraction. When you have a distraction in your building, and they dealt with it, they suspended him for a game. Right, but that gets into the psyche of the players. Does it? What yeah. does that have to do with anything? Because the players, like, here's what happens. They're they're thinking, oh man, we got to go practice tonight. But I don't know. He made a mistake over the summer. Got a DUI. That has, what is that? That doesn't what. <laughs> You think that the, you have a bunch of guys that went to a national championship and played in front of the entire world, and they're going to be concerned about their coach getting a DUI in the offseason. I mean, it's, look. I think you're, you're reaching for something that's not even close to being true. And I th- uh, No, I'm just saying, like, you talk about football. We always talk about distractions in the locker room. Every football team is like, oh, we can't bring this player in because of a distraction. Oh, we can't bring this person in because they're a distraction to the organization. In college, unfortunately, you don't really have that luxury. So if your coach, who is your CEO of your program, if he's causing a distraction, it affects the entire team. Is it a continued distraction, though? It was a, an incident. We'll see. It was an incident over the summer. The team dealt with it. Right. Oh, I, I agree with you. They dealt with it. Is that is that a continued thing that is going to go on? Do you think they're going to be practicing? you think today they're hitting the, the locker room in Spokane and going, well, I don't know. I mean, this, you know, this, this, this mistake he made over the, it, that, well, that is absolutely ridiculous, Emmer. You ought to be ashamed of yourself for bringing that up on these radio waves. I Listen. Here, here's my take I'm on just, it. I'm just saying. Let's talk about. It's, a, it's an element that you have to you have to consider. Maybe for you. Okay. Let's talk about Gonzaga here. You talk about Drew Timmy returning, one of the most fabulous players in the NCAA tournament last player, year. Yes. He's a good player. Chet Holgram, how about this seven-foot freshman from Minneapolis coming in? And you also have nine well, hard Well, freshmen could be bad, too. You, you, you say seven-foot freshman. They can be great, too. Zion was great. R.J. Barrett was great. There's only one Zion. There's only, there's only one Zion. But freshmen can be great. There have been a lot of great freshmen. Right. But... It, it, Kate Cunningham was great last year, too. You're more risking it with a freshman. Though. But then you have another big in, in Drew Timmy that could help Chet Holgram figure out what the standard is at Gonzaga. And, and the standard is winning about 30 games a year. They've The last time they didn't win 30 games in a season was the 2013-14 season. And you talk about, oh, well, they underachieved in the tournament. Well, they've only been uh, NCAA Division One runner-up. They didn't have the tournament last year. Uh, they won the Elite Eight, in tw- or they went to the Elite Eight in 2019. Before that, Sweet 16, runner-up, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. So they make runs in the tournament. They're one of the most consistent tournament teams that there are. We talked about some of the teams that they had played in the regular season and what that meant. The opportunity. They'll play Texas later on in this schedule. I mean, we talked last year, oh, they played such a weak schedule. Well, they beat Kansas at the beginning of the year. They beat West Virginia. They beat Iowa. So they beat Virginia. They beat Auburn. So you, they play these games, and, and they go through. Look, are they going to win the national championship? I don't know. Can, no, they, get to the, can they get to the final oh, four? Oh, yeah, they can get to the final Absolutely. four. Absolutely. So they will be in contention at the end of the season to be – to get over this hump that we're talking about them winning a national championship. Because why? Because they are one of the most consistent college basketball programs that there are in the country today. And we can say, oh, well, they underperform in the tournament. You know who else underperforms in the tournament? Illinois. Michigan. These are teams that they can get there but never can quite get it done. But, but we, hi- we hide them and we hold them in such here's high the, Here's the difference with Michigan, though. Juwan Howard's in his third year. So he's had a chance to bring in his guys. So the first two years that you talk about the misunderstanding – getting below the hump that's kind of expected he's still kind of dealing with he's still dealing with John Bayline's guys now the only guys left in, in the Bayline guy are the, are the freshmen so now they've had three years of exposure to the Howard system so I don't I don't really think there's going to be that big of a discrepancy so I think this is the year they can finally get over the hump I don't think Gonzaga can because I think Gonzaga they're just 
Look, so, they're, a good, they're a good team out West who gets written in every year as the one seed. That's just how it's gone. So your, your argument is that you think Michigan can get over the hump because maybe Juwan Howard will get it together this year. I think that's a poor argument. Because he's had three years with his guys. And? What have they done with it so far? Well, first couple years they haven't made, they haven't made the Final Four. Right. But I think, I think they do this year because I think they finally get over the hump because here's what happens. It's, it's the same thing with football. You have It takes multiple years, Alex, to build a program. Correct. It's not a one-year wonder. Gonzaga's takes, built that program, though. They have built it. But here's the, here's the difference between Gonzaga and Michigan. Gonzaga's made it to the national championship last year. But no, other than that, other than that, Gonzaga plays a weak conference schedule. They simply get rewarded for being unbeaten. We just talked about the the non-conference schedule that they play. It's difficult. I get that, but let's get to conference play. Let's get to conference play. Okay. It's easy. It's easy. Okay. Gonzaga go Gonzaga can put up 120 points a night. And you know what the committee's like? You know what? We're gonna put you in number one because. You know what? We just do it so, out of habit. So then now. it would be it's, easier for them to get to the national championship than it would be for Michigan because they're not beat up, right? Going in the tournament. So they what, don't play any tough teams though. Well, conference. then how is that an argument for Michigan? If they're playing tougher teams throughout the season and getting physically beat up and going and playing in the Big Ten tournament, how is that an advantage for Michigan? Because by the time you get to the tournament, you're not like scared of like, oh, here comes number three Kansas. Well, clearly oh, not, not scared either. They went to the championship game last year. Well, last well last year it wasn't a very fair advantage. Some teams played more games than others. You know, last year it's kind of you can put an asterisk next to it because a lot of, like just how many games teams played. Okay, what about 2019 when they went to the Elite Eight? Okay, that's that's even Steven. Everybody played the same amount of games. What about uh, 2017 when they went to the championship? Even Steven. Okay, where were they 2018? Why don't you tell Why don't you tell all the, Why don't you tell everybody where well, they were 2017 18? They're in the Sweet 16. Okay, so Sweet 16. Where was Michigan was so here, in the final here, here's four that their, year. Here's their the runner-up last year. There was no postseason the year before because of COVID. Elite 8, Sweet 16, runner-up, Sweet 16, Elite 8. That's the last. That's to 2015. There have been years where Michigan has missed the tournament. Well, I'm not, I'm not worried because at that time, Michigan had Michigan had John Bayline as their coach. Is John Bayline the coach in Michigan anymore? Last time I checked, it was Jawan Howard. So it's, it's a new And program. you know what Jawan Howard hasn't done? You know who has gotten to the Final Four? Mark Few and Gonzaga. And, and the, look, they could get there this year. They could. I have a lot of respect for Mark Few in that program. I think they've done. Doesn't a- sound like it. You just you just said that he was a, a distraction in the locker room. I think for the first game, yes. Well, he didn't coach the first game. Well, it's still distracting to the players. Like the players are still distracted by it. like like. I disagree. <laughs> I don't think these because he 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 did the one game suspension. And, and that'll be it. Right. And he paid his consequence. And that's it. So right. how is that going to be a distraction going forward? If you're in the if you're in the huddle, all right, guys, we're playing Texas this weekend. Uh, well, let's see. They got some really good players over there. Chris Beard's a good head coach. But you know what? Actually, Mark, if you got a DUI, I think that we should probably think about that a little bit. And then, uh, oh, we lost because of that. That doesn't make any sense, Hammer. Come on. You know you know that. No, I'm just saying. You're reaching for, for low-hanging fruit It also there. impacts the recruiting. Clearly not. Chet Holgram was a top recruit. Well, they 20, just they just well, got a commitment today. Twenty one, twenty two. They just got a commitment today from a, a four star guy. Well, well, we'll see what happens as it goes on. But parents have to at least, you know, consider. All righty, guys. Once again, great debate. That final topic lasts about ten minutes. Great discussion back and forth. It's time to crown a winner for this evening's contest, and I'm gonna have to go with Alex Jackson. Alex, he's really hard to knock off on this show. 
Zimmer gave him a good battle. Alex, go ahead, take a victory lap. You know, it feels good to be back. You know, I worked really hard. It was, it was a tough week for me, you know, coming off that loss last week. I didn't sleep a lot. You know, I was thinking about what I could have done differently. I felt like that I needed to have the full uh, hour to really get what all in what I had to say. You know, I'd want to thank Zimmer, uh, Ben, and, and Sean you. for giving a really good effort tonight. It was a lot of fun. But it feels it feels good to be back in business. And, you know, I think this this win tonight means that I clinched the Sports Buzz title for the fall because I don't think you anyone did. can catch me for, for wins. So... It's a really, really good season. I'm, I'm proud of it. And onward we march. We'll get you a trophy. So you're going to thank everybody but me? I mean, what the heck? All right. All right. Thank you to everybody for tuning in to Sports Buzz. We will be back again next Wednesday here to debate another slate of topics. Thanks for tuning in and have a great evening. been listening to another sports presentation on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the WMUL Sports Flavor Parlor at FM 88.1. What can I get for you, man? Uh, I don't know. What kind do you have? We have all types of award-winning sports flavors. Here, try a sample of Ferocious Football. Takes the low snap, avoids the rush, will fire it downfield. He's got wide open. Xavier Gaines at the 15-yard line. Gaines is going to take it into the end zone for a touchdown, thundering her. Wow, that was awesome. How about an earful of soaring soccer? Over the goal kicker's head, it will be a goal. Outside of the box, Jamil Roberts with a long goal. Try vicious volleyball. Set up by Coulter for Sierra Bell. Down in a kill and a match for the thundering herd, 25-21. to 21. Slam in softball. Next pitch on the way. Harrell drives this one deep over into left field. Look up and say goodbye. Allie Harrell with a solo home run. Oh, baby, this place is popping. Give me a serving of FM88 Sports for each day of the week. Coming right at you right here on WMUL 88.1 FM. I joined because I wanted to contribute to something